Canby New Life Foursquare Church welcomes you. We're located at 2350 Southeast Territorial Road, just off Highway 99E. We hope the following message will be a blessing to you. You can contact the church office Tuesday through Thursday from 9 to 5 and Fridays from 9 to 3 at 503-266-4444. Please visit us on the web anytime at canbefoursquare.com. Pastor Ron and others on New Life staff, along with occasional guest speakers, trust that the Holy Spirit will use the message to teach you, encourage you, and give you hope. bring the message and uh, if you have your bulletins at the top there uh, if you want to title it it's going to be the prayer of Jehoshaphat now you know that we're in a study in the book of Acts the touchable church but uh, Pastor Ron gave me permission to sidetrack a little but we'll connect it together okay and uh, second uh, second chronicles if you have your Bible second chronicles 20 chapter 20 verses 1 through 21 and man, I have been wanting to do this. Lavena has no idea I'm going to do this. But since I'm going to mention my wife a few times, I have to come down and stand next to her and ask her to stand up. Because if, you if you've met me, or maybe you've met Lavena, but you've never seen both of us together, here we are. And isn't she beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, honey. I told her you have to be here tonight. Uh, again, we're going to be in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 20. I... Now, a lot of the men that I hang out with, they're probably sick and tired of hearing me talk about Jehoshaphat. I have been camped out uh, in this passage for probably the last month. And I so appreciate our pastor, our pastor Ron, who says, you know, let's put together a reading plan that's a three-year plan. Well, I'm on the seven-year plan if I don't get moving on past this. Uh, but I've just been hanging out there, and the God does some amazing things in his word. And when you look at it from a perspective of mentoring, God has put incredible mentors who have gone before us who have some basic life applications for us. And uh, so can we do this? Let's pray together real quick, and then we'll get started. Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, You give us life, and it lights our path. And uh, Lord, may your word come alive to each and every one of us in our hearts tonight. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, if you have your Bible then, we're going to have it up on the screen for you too. Now, I'm reading 21 verses, so bear with me, uh, but it really sets the stage. And so let's do this, starting in verse 1. It happened after this that the people of Moab, with the people of Ammon, and others with them besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven, and do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built to you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence. 
For your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who have come, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head, and with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Quathites and of the children of the Korathites, Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when they had consulted with the people, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army, and were saying, Praise to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Isn't that a great passage? Great story. I had to cut it short there. You can read on. In fact, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Later, don't read on now because you should be listening. <laughs> it just sucks you in, doesn't it, when you start reading that story? And in order for us to have some sense of who Jehoshaphat is, we need to backtrack to chapter 17, where we learn that after the death of his father Asa, Jehoshaphat reigned in his place as king of Judah. Jehoshaphat began his reign at a time when God's people were divided into two kingdoms, with Jehoshaphat reigning uh, in Judah and Ahab reigning in Israel. To see how Jehoshaphat was regarded, we're going to look at chapter 17, verses 3 through 5, where it says this. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father, and walked in his commandments, and not according to the acts of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat, and he had riches and honor in abundance. So in other words, Jehoshaphat was a good king. He was a faithful king. He was a godly man. And uh, yet this did not exempt Jehoshaphat from the threat of trouble. A vast army stood against Jehoshaphat. Three nations conspired to work together to utterly destroy Judah. And what was Jehoshaphat's response? Now, by the title of the message, it says the prayer of Jehoshaphat. So, yes, eventually he did pray. But what was his initial response? Do you remember? 
it says that he was afraid and Jehoshaphat feared. And what I know to be true in my own life is when I fear the things of this world, including man, I risk coming under the authority and control of the God of this world, Satan. Other words for fear can be anxiety, worry, stress, insecurity, dread, panic. And if you want to write a scripture down, write this down, Matthew 6, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. But right there, Jesus is telling us not to be anxious, but to trust God with all the things that we need and worry about, including tomorrow. And uh, it is possible that the thing most likely to drive us to our knees in prayer is fear. When life is calm and the task of life appear manageable, we might confess that our compulsion to call upon the Lord is diminished, isn't it? And uh, But when the storms of life crowd around, when the obstacles before us appear insurmountable, we are just drawn, we're irresistibly drawn to God in prayer. This was the response of Jehoshaphat in verse 3, where it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. As we look at uh, Jehoshaphat's prayer found in verses 6 through 12, we're going to find three principles that he modeled for us for today. The first thing that Jehoshaphat does in his prayer is he initiates praise. He praises God for who he is. Look at verse 6. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? I love that. After praising God for his attributes, Jehoshaphat then goes on to praise God for his mighty works and his mighty acts accomplished in history. Look at verse 7. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? You know, when I read that, I immediately had to stop and think about, wow, what were the mighty acts that God has done for me? And it's warm up here, so I'm sorry if I'm dripping. But uh, what are the mighty acts or promises that God has done for me? You have to ask that question of yourself, too. I remember uh, it was about 12 years ago, uh, men's retreat, I was attending, and uh, several months before that, uh, Pastor Ron asked if I would participate in a demonstration. The theme for that year was a year of anointing, and he asked if he could anoint me uh, as, as a demonstration in one of the services. And I'll never forget that, because as I began to prepare for that, I was seeking the Lord and asking him, I was really believing in anticipation the Lord was going to do something special and touch me. And there, and there was something going on in my life. Uh, eight months before that retreat, our, our four-year-old daughter Lauren passed away uh, from cancer. And uh, I was really right at the point of retreat, so eight months later, just really in a point of depression. And uh, I'll never forget as Ron was sharing and he was talking about some things and own struggles in his life, he asked me to come up. And he was talking about Aaron and my middle name was Aaron, so he knew that. I says, Aaron, why don't you come on up? And everybody's like, who's Aaron? <laughs> okay, Sam, come up. And I'll never forget it, because here we are at a men's, retre- men's retreat. It was a precious moment. I am crying like a baby, walking up. And uh, some of you guys remember that. And uh, I am crying like a baby, and I kneel down in front uh, with Pastor Ron. And just as he's ready to pour uh, that oil, the Spirit of the Lord uh, came upon me. And it was just an amazing, amazing time. And right in that moment, the Lord gave me some promises. And uh, he restored peace to my life. 
and he removed some of the things that were going on uh, in my life. And, uh, you know, since that time, that was about 12 years ago, since that time, there's been at least two times, two times? I think there's been two times where I was at that place again. And you think about it, how easy it is for us to forget what God has promised us and what he's done for us. And there I was at that time. And uh, I'll never forget it because I'm just in a dark place. And Lavena, it's obvious, something's going on. And I'm kind of just going along with life. And all of a sudden, the shirt that I was anointed in, which is still very heavy and smells like rancid oil. But uh, Lavena had packed that shirt away. I did not know it. And the first time that I was at that point in my life, all that she did was place that on my bed. She didn't even say a word. And I'd come home that day, and I'd see that shirt. And I remembered what God had promised me. And in a moment, peace was restored. It is so easy to lose perspective when we're at that point of great fear in what's going on in our lives. And in that moment, God's promises and his mighty work, I remembered. And uh, I'm so thankful for Lavenna, who saved that and brought that out uh, for me. God's people, all through the Bible, you, you read it, especially in the Old Testament, they build monuments. They set up a bunch of rocks, and they talk about how they need to remember what had happened, and they do that. God's works are recorded through his word, through writings. Uh, a few years ago, and a lot of you have heard me share regularly about journaling and how important that is. And it's hard to do, especially if you're not a writer. And it's easy to procrastinate. But you're journaling, writing down what God has promised you. It's very, very important. And uh, I just picked up a new one uh, from Skip and Nancy at the Resource Center. But I was looking through my journal and just remembering some of the things that the Lord had given me. And... Uh, today, Lavenna doesn't know I'm going to share this, but uh, today, one of the regular commitments that Lavenna and I have together is to meet and talk over our finances just for an accountability check-in and where we're at. And those meetings stink. I mean, you know, as couples, when you talk about finances, they're not always that fun, are they? But, but I, and it was difficult. And she doesn't even know this. I was pulling out my journal, and here it is. Uh, in 2004, Sam and Lavenna will be good stewards financially. And our needs for bills, food, and play will be met. And you know what? That is not, has not been true over the years because I have not been obedient. And so as we begin to work out those things, those are some of the promises that the Lord's given. There was another entry here in, in my uh, journal, and it was in Joshua chapter 7, verses 10 through 13. And it was basically talking about how God held back uh, because the people of Israel disobeyed and did what the Lord didn't want them to do. And uh, once the people repented and cleared house, the Lord blessed them. And I wrote down a note here. Make sure there isn't anything in my house or life that God didn't want in the first place. And I really encourage you, as you experience the mighty works of the Lord in your own life, the promises that he gives you, when you spend time in his word, have a journal. And sometimes you're not going to always have something like this, like I have. But have a journal. Write those things down. Because what has become those monuments and these writings and the journals, I know for me, I'm looking forward to when Lavena and Kel- or Lavena, when Jacob and Kelsey come and they're struggling with life and some of the issues, I can come back and say, wow, let me show you what the Lord shared with me. 
Because if you're like me and I don't and you don't record it, it's gone. I forget. And so over the last couple of years, I've been doing catch-up journaling, trying to catch up over the past several uh, several years. So what is significant about the fact that Jehoshaphat's prayer begins with praise? It is significant given that his circumstances likely would have tempted him to a different different approach. Uh, from what we can gather, Jehoshaphat has been a remarkably faithful to the Lord throughout his reign as king of Judah. Jehoshaphat might have imagined such a faithfulness would exempt him from any trouble. Any of you been there? <laughs> but now three nations stand against him, ready to destroy him and the people that God entrusted him with. Uh, I think perhaps Jehoshaphat could have begun his prayer by complaining or grumbling against God. Many of us, I know I've done it. Uh, when a terrible threat comes on you and you're afraid, uh, you're tempted to just do that, grumble and complain. And, uh, and so we tend to save our praises and the good things for the happier days. And in the days of distress, we, we would tend to launch into our complaints and grumbling against the Lord. Uh, this may be the way I approach prayer sometimes. Maybe it does for you too. But it's not the way Jehoshaphat begins prayer. Even though his situation is dire, Jehoshaphat determines to begin his prayer by initiating praise to his Lord. While adamant in his praises, Jehoshaphat is not blind to the challenges before him. And so we see the second component of his prayer, and that is Jehoshaphat prayer identifies. He identifies in his prayer the problem. In verses 10 and 11, Jehoshaphat identifies the external problem. There's three nations coming up against him. It's obvious. And they're seeking to drive the people of Judah out. And in verse 12, he does something that's even, I think, more dynamic and difficult. He does this. He identifies the internal problem. He confesses this in verse 12. For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. What an incredible statement. We are powerless. Remember who's speaking here. This is Jehoshaphat. The undisputed leader of Judah. Every, every time I read that sentence, I, I start going to this boxing announcer thing. The undisputed heavyweight, you know, champion of the world. I mean, this, but this is Jehoshaphat. You know, and here he is. He's a godly man, a powerful man, well-respected, honored. And he confesses to the Lord, we are powerless. Not only does he confess that he is powerless, but he also confesses his total inability to even know what is to be done. Jehoshaphat models for you and I an important principle that Jesus would later teach in John 15:5 that apart from the Lord you can do nothing. And uh, that's in John 15:5. Apart from the Lord you can do nothing. So then what does one do? The third principle that Jehoshaphat models for us in prayer is that he just simply asks God for his help. If God's the Almighty One, and if He understands our predicament, then it behooves us to ask for His help. This is precisely what Jehoshaphat did. After initiating, initiating praises, after identifying the problem of his powerlessness, Jehoshaphat asked the Lord with these words. In verse 12, remember, our eyes are upon you. Jehoshaphat turned his eyes upon the Lord and he did receive an answer. And if you remember, the Spirit of the Lord uh, came on Jehaziel. And uh, he says this in verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see 
the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. The Lord instructed Jehoshaphat to be still and watch. What an amazing thing. I, th- I think as a man, to actually just be still and watch. I mean, most guys and most ladies, I mean, we're kind of action Jackson. We want to go out and do it and get it done and take over and take control, but stand still and watch and see the Lord's salvation. Now, there was still some obedience involved here because he still needed to go to the valley and he still needed to believe that God would do what he said he would do. And Jehoshaphat's response again to this emergency was to worship. In verse 21, you see uh, that he appointed the people to worship, saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. You know, uh, read read verse 22 there. Doesn't it say that when the people began to worship, God caused confusion amongst the armies? And when he heard that worship, he just caused confusion amongst those three armies. They were all battling against each other. Everybody died in that valley of those three armies. And it took Jehoshaphat and his army three days to plunder that entire valley. It's an amazing, amazing, powerful thing when we come together and worship. What I'm going to do right now is I ask our worship team to come back up. And, uh, you know, the people of Judah were powerless, but they worshiped and sought after a God who was all-powerful and a God who would fight on their behalf. And what I wanted to do this weekend was keep my message brief, because when you read this and you see this, and, and, and the example that's given here, you got to hit the iron while it's hot. And what better way to practically apply what Jehoshaphat has given us than to seek the Lord? When Lavena. Uh, I can't tell you how many times. It would just drive me crazy. Uh, I'd be struggling with something or a decision. And Lavena, she's just so sweet. And she says, well, have you prayed about it? Oh, for crying out loud, you know. And I'd be like, well, no. <laughs> and uh, But it's so true, isn't it? So I have to ask the question for you. Whatever it is that you fear, whatever is the insurmountable obstacle that you face, it could be a decision, it could be relationship, it could be finances, it could be your work or lack of work. Whatever it is that you fear, remember anxiety, worry, stress, panic, dread, have you sought the Lord? And uh, what I'm going to do right now is in just a moment, um, Nate's going to sing a song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And some of you may know that song. But if you could do something with me, pull out your bulletin if you already have it out. If you don't have one, pull out a piece of paper. They're in the seat pockets in front of you. Or just grab one of the welcome cards if you can't find it. But would you do something with me? It's an exercise uh, on if we can trust God. Because if we're holding on to this fear, whatever it may be, there's some control going on. And if we release that, we release control and allow God to work in our lives. So just for a moment with me on your piece of paper, you may even know it already, write down what it is. Only one, because some of us can come up with a, a, a lot, but just one. Identify one thing that you want to seek the Lord with or for. And it's one fear, one obstacle, anything. Relationship, finances. Just ask the Lord. If you have it, you can write it down. If you need to think about it a little bit more, you can do that as we worship. If you don't write anything at all, you're in denial. And uh, (laughs) 
No, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. He will give you the answer that you need. And let's do what Jehoshaphat did. He initiates praise. Instead of running and hiding, instead of complaining and grumbling, initiate praise. He identifies the problem. What's the problem? What is the thing that we fear? And then ask the Lord for help. And when Nate sings this song, remember when Jehoshaphat uh, worshipped, he began by worshipping the attributes of God. Listen to these words. You can close your eyes. We're not going to put words on the screen. Just seek the Lord and ask the Lord. And uh, as we continue to worship God for His attributes and His mighty works, begin to write down what are some of those attributes that He's that He's been for you. What are some of those mighty works and promises that He's given you? Maybe you're going to be writing them down for the first time. You might be here tonight, and you don't even have a personal relationship. You haven't even asked Jesus into your heart yet. Well, that's the first thing you write down. <laughs> Jesus, I need you. I fear so many things, and without you, I cannot do anything. The promise is, is that when you ask him into your heart, he will give you eternal life. He will reside right there in your heart. All you have to do is believe and ask, Jesus, come into my heart. And right away, you're beginning to fill out. Because the mighty acts and works that he's done is he's cleansed you from all your sins and given you eternal life. And that is a mighty work of the Lord. And so as they begin to worship, uh, Nate's going to sing this. And, uh, and let's just do that together. Just If you need to close your eyes, do that. And just be before the Lord. And as we continue to worship, we're just going to come before the Lord. You can stand. You can kneel. You can come forward with your card. And uh, just uh, bring that before the Lord. Feel free to worship as we do that together in this place. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassion, they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto me Summer and winter and springtime and harvest Sun, moon and stars in their courses above Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy and love. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by 
morning new mercies I see. Thou changes not thy compassions, they fail not. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endures thy own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine and ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Great. 